Hello and welcome to Core Sampler, the podcast where we drill into the Sitecore community to bring you insights into the work talented people are doing every day on the Sitecore Experience platform. Whether you're a developer, a marketer, or both, we're glad you're here. And now your host, Derek Dysart. Welcome to Core Sampler. My name is Derek Dysart. And in this episode, we're talking with Michael West. Michael West is a two-time MVP uh, nominee and award winner uh, and a uh, Sitecore architect. Uh, welcome to the show, Mike. Hey, thanks for having me. So kind of how I like to kind of start a lot of these uh, conversations is, um, I mean, you're obviously a fixture in the Sitecore community. You can't not look at something like Sitecore PowerShell extensions and, and see your name attached to it. So how, how did you kind of come to get exposed to the Sitecore platform? You know, what were you, what were you kind of working on at the time when, when you first uh, dipped your toes into the Sitecore pool? Yeah, actually a great, great question. Uh, so I believe I really lucked out with this. Um, I work for a client of Sitecore. Uh, you know, I, I don't have that opportunity to work for, uh, you know, a, an agency. And so I work for a client, uh, the company that I work for, they acquired the licensing, uh, through our parent company. And so it just boiled down to, Hey, Mike's a great guy. Let's send him to a Sitecore training and do an implementation at six months. And so as the only developer for quite a long time on that project, uh, I, I just dove right into Sitecore. Unfortunately, the community wasn't like it is today. And so I had to go out and look for people uh, who knew the product and who were willing to share with me tips and tricks on how to, how to build stuff. Do you remember what version that was? Uh, yeah. So my certification was on 6.5. Uh, yeah. But right as I got the certification... Uh, this was like in April, I think in May, 7.0 came out. And so we were on 7.0 initial version. And uh, unfortunately, we were in production with that version for a number for three years. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. So th- that is a whole other story. But uh, but when we did the implementation, it was 7.0. It just came out. And uh, and boy, if I could go back and change things, there's so much I would change. Yeah, I think I think in the conversation I had with a uh, friend of the show, Nick Wesselman, um, we were both kind of reminiscing, like thinking back to some of that first Sitecore code you wrote of like, oh, if I only knew what I knew now. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess it's kind of set the stage. What were you what were you working on before Sitecore? Were you kind of doing a lot of web development, kind of enterprise development? Yeah, so my role was really in the um, .NET web application side of things. The company had me working on just custom internal web applications applications and marketing was building, maintaining and deploying their own uh, .NET web application for the marketing site. And uh, when Sitecore came into the mix, it was an opportunity to kind of pull that back from marketing and have IT own the application and marketing just focus on the content. And uh, and so it was, I, I think it rescued me from what I was doing. Uh, <laughs> to, to be honest, I think the where I was headed and the things I was working on, I was starting to get bored and, you know, be a little disengaged. Just, it was like the same thing over and over. It's like, I'm tired of working on this app. And so with Sitecore there, I thought, wow, there's just, there's years of stuff for me to learn. And uh, it being a platform where there's a, you know, a community base and a, a company backing that product uh, it, it seemed like an opportunity that, hey, if I really take advantage of this, then I can become more than 
just a web developer for our corporate applications. So like, uh, as I mentioned before, you, you're kind of, your name's kind of synonymous with um, a, a particular module, the Sitecore PowerShell extensions. So what, what, what is kind of the history of that? Because I remember, and it probably would have been around the time you started working with Sitecore, there were a few kind of scripting modules coming about. Uh, and now it's kind of Sitecore PowerShell extensions is, is, is kind of risen above all the other ones, or I don't know if, if they've kind of yeah. folded into there. So, so kind of where, where, how did you get involved with Sitecore PowerShell extensions? Uh, well, so in my journey of, uh, struggling to learn Sitecore and finding, finding resources to, to learn stuff, um, I had already known PowerShell. Um, I, you know, I have this knack for just learning new technologies and trying to figure out how I can, uh, be even lazier than I am today. And so uh, that summer, uh, I had discovered this module. Uh, I was looking on the marketplace, and it's like, oh, PowerShell, this is fantastic. And, and so I got in touch with the creator, Adam. Uh, I, I think I had made a, a feature request on GitHub. Um, you know, today, if you use the module, um, you'll see that the text editing experience is fantastic right it's it's just as good or better than the out of the box win, uh, windows powershell autocomplete you know you're getting autocomplete of all sorts of things the the .net classes um, any powershell commands and it's all in the browser well when i when i started talking with adam about it it was a text area a text box and and just free text and you really get nothing special with that and uh, I had just built something at work, uh, which I've now converted into a module in the marketplace called the code editor. Uh, I had taken the ACE code editor and put that into a shear control. And uh, now marketing could edit the HTML with a kind of a real nice, clean HTML editing experience. The, the, the RAD control within Sitecore, it just, it's free text and it's, it's like a, notepad you know it's just there's nothing so, great so about stuff it. like like code highlighting and right right so you could you could get highlighting for css and javascript and html and uh, there was some sort of code completion where maybe you you typed a couple characters and you hit control space bar and it auto completed for you so the syntax highlighting the autocomplete there was a lot of cool stuff in there and that plugs into the existing kind of rich text editor experience in Sitecore. It, it was more like um i I replaced the uh, the fixed HTML link. Uh, okay. So if you went to the rich text field and it had like the three commands, the last command was was like fixed HTML or whatever it's called, and I I just overrode whatever that dialogue was. Gotcha. And gotcha. Uh, and our marketing team just thought it was part of Sitecore, and I had in fact built that. And so right as I was figuring that out, I had proposed to Adam that I add that to the module. And, and then after, I think a couple of weeks, we got it working. Adam was able to figure out how to tap into a, a web service to bring back the commands that were available. And now you have this, you know, autocomplete syntax highlighting capability in the ISE. Yeah, it, it, I mean, I've used it several times, and it, it especially in the um, the command prompt, it feels like you're at a native PowerShell window and not in a web browser. Yeah, we were, we were definitely going for that. Even even the theme uh, in the ISC and the theme within the console, it's like the same 
uh, font color. It's the same background color. Um, and in the ISC, the brackets are the same color. So it's like we tried to get as as close to it as we could because we wanted that experience to be, hey, this is just as good, maybe better than what you could get outside. Sure, sure. And, and I guess for folks listening, um, Adam, you're, you're talking about Adam Nomowitz, who originally kind of came up with the the, the concept of putting PowerShell into, into Sitecore, is that right? Right. He, um, my understanding, if I recall the history correct, uh, before 2010, I think it was around maybe 2009, he was working on EpiServer. And he had, he had in fact, built this module for EpiServer. And uh, however things played out at his company and whatever reasons, uh, they started to work on Sitecore. And he decided to migrate it over onto Sitecore. And so, so pretty much from 2010 onward, the module has been growing. Uh, the community has, uh, has made major contributions to it. Uh, if you go out to GitHub, you'll see a number of um, contributors on the module. Uh, it, it's just fantastic that the kind of support, the, the fact that it's the you know, second most downloaded module in the marketplace, but the but really the top downloaded module that's built purely by a community. You know, that's, that's sure. awesome. Yeah. I think number one currently uh, is, um, is still Sitecore instance manager, right, isn't it? Right. Which really isn't a module that plugs into Sitecore. It's, you know, that, that's obviously a tool for quickly standing up, you know, in, installing and importing over installations of Sitecore from, from different machines. So that's, that's kind of, it's a module, but it's not really a module that you, Kind of install through the through through the installation right right um, tools. That's I mean th- that's interesting. I and I think I, I, if I recall correctly too, there was another kind of competing product from. If I remember it, it was Alistair had um, Revolver, which was another kind of scripting scripting environment. Right. Um, that one, um, I, I, I you know I think kind of quickly fell all out of favor. So you kind of talked about PowerShell. What was the you know kind of the genesis of uh, did, did Adam, was Adam the one that kind of came up with, you know, the command set, all the, you know, the verbs and, and nouns and things to do? Um, well, so, so that's kind of an easy one. Um, in PowerShell, uh, there is an approved list of uh, verbs and nouns. And so anyone that's maybe new to PowerShell and they open up the command prompt, it's, it's, it's a verb dash noun syntax. So if I say, hey, give me a list of running processes on your machine, get dash process. You know, it's very consistent. And um, the creator of PowerShell, Jeffrey Snover, uh, he, I think it was called uh, Monad at the time. Uh, he wanted it to feel uh, very familiar to like Unix, Unix admins, uh, like corn shell. It, it just, you can, you can write in that condensed form, uh, which, you know, with the revolver that you're referring to, that's, um, that's a Unix admin familiar kind of syntax where it's it's uh, all aliases and really short um, parameter names and arguments and so uh, PowerShell adopted that but they really recommend that you write it for uh, with as much verbose as you can uh, you want to have the full command spelled out and the uh, the argument spelled out because uh, you know while it's efficient to write it in a command form with the um, aliases you're likely to save that and use it again. And you want people to come after you to be able to do that. So, so from, you know, Adam's standpoint, you know, he didn't make up a bunch of these commands uh, in terms of the, 
verb noun syntax but what he did do was he saw a need to automate specific activities within Psycorp and so he started creating those commands uh, to fit within the architecture of PowerShell and and I think that's I think that's maybe why the module and PowerShell has has seen such a great adoption because the skill that you have to learn to uh, to write this PowerShell, it applies both in the module and in in a pure sense on a Windows server. So your your skill transcends across uh, your career. You don't have to think, oh well, I'm only going to be able to use it in this one area, you know, a, a domain specific language. It's like it really just carries with you in whatever you're doing in a Windows environment. Sure. So now you had mentioned earlier, you kind of came to this with, with a, with a really strong PowerShell background, uh, on the, on the windows system, I, I guess looking at it from a standpoint of somebody that may not have that background with PowerShell, I guess, what is, what is kind of the easy way to, to get started with, um, you know, PowerShell and specifically PowerShell extensions for Sitecore. I would say the, the best way is just install the module. Um, there, there are a number of features where you don't even have to know how to program to use it. Uh, we have some built-in reports. Uh, the the module will uh, query data in, and render it in a kind of a report form. We've got a dialogue for that, uh, and it'll give you, you know, whatever columns you've defined. Well, the, the out-of-the-box reports have those predefined for you. Uh, we've even, in our latest version, 4.1, we've... Uh, given the authorable reports or the rules-based reports an upgrade. So you can save reports um, kind of up front. So what we've done is we've created a module within within the Sitecore PowerShell extensions module. We've created kind of a collection of scripts uh, that you can create a report based off of rules. Using the rules engine, you go pre-configure it. And then there's a, another Sitecore field for the columns. And, and then you just run the report and pick that report. You, in mm. other words, you run the rules-based report and you select the rule that you want to use to query the data. Uh-huh. And, like what's a, what's a good example of where you might use well, it? Well, let's say I want to find all locked items um, by all users. Well, I could go create a rule to do that and then save that as a predefined report. Um, now you might say, well, that's a... There's other ways to do that. Yeah, but it's a consistent way to do it. If you know, I'd have to go into the ribbon and click for my items, but maybe I want to query items that other people have locked. Well, I can go define a rule. A rule is just any other rule that Sitecore colleagues are familiar with. And they just go configure the rule through the rules editor, save it, um, and then they run the report. Pick that rule and you're off you go. Uh, maybe another one is I want to go find all items like uh, images, JPEG specifically, that don't have the alt uh, attribute set. Or maybe I want to go look at the JPEGs, the PNGs, and the GIFs, but not BMP. You know? So you can just kind of build whatever you want and no lines of codes required. Uh, and to take it further, we've added a uh, package generator. So you can simply right-click on uh, items in the tree and add it to a package. Uh, now, think of it this way. Instead of me going to the package designer, defining a package, specifying the, 
the location of those items. I just click through the tree and I say I want these 10 items and then there's a quick download feature. Um, and, and it's just like there's all these little productivity tools packaged up and distributed with it and you don't have to know PowerShell and you lo likely don't even need to be a developer and you can do a lot of these things. Uh, of course, we've we've had security in mind, so we've prevented many of these features from working or being available, visible to a non-developer or non-admin role. Um, but you can extend these and open up certain certain features and functionality to you know the marketer if you want to do that. Yeah, I, I, I've heard that. I've heard that criticism from uh, a couple of clients of mine. They're they're concerned of you know, it, handing over the, the keys to the kingdom, could somebody get in trouble? And it's, it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, Sitecore PowerShell extension still honors all the security features inherent in Sitecore. So it's not like if you don't have access to delete something, you're not going to be able to delete That's it. exactly right. So if you, if you log in as an admin, uh, whether you log into uh, the, the SPE console and blow away the content tree, or you did it through the context menu, it's, it's the same thing, right? It's, it's no different than you writing uh, some code that runs within a security disabler and deletes a bunch of items in the tree. It's, you have that ability to do it, and we've, we've sort of made it easier in, in some respects, but we also give you ways to protect yourself, um, like script out backing up uh, items before you de deploy it. Uh, like you can you can uh, use the anti-package generator, uh, similar mm -hmm. to what you'd see in Psycho Rock. So we've bundled that tool in there. So you would just run the package, uh, the anti-package generator. You would pick which package to create the anti-package for, and then it outputs that file. So there's there's things that you can do to avoid you know shooting yourself in the foot, and uh, and we can't think of everything. But if you've got a request or an idea, then, you know, we'd love to hear it and incorporate that into the, the product for you. Sure, sure. And I guess I was not aware of the anti-package feature and for, for those folks listening. And uh, Psycho Rocks has had, uh, for the longest time, the ability to install packages. Um, there's really never an been an undo function when you right. install a package. Right. Um, so Sitecore Rocks had the ability to take and it would analyze the package. And basically, if it was going to drop all these items and these files on the file system, it would generate a package that would remove all those items and the files from the file system. And you're saying that you guys have incorporated that into Sitecore PowerShell extensions. So you don't necessarily need Sitecore Rocks or the ability to have, you know, Sitecore Rocks requires you to have access, you know, your Visual Studio instance right. to have kind of direct access to that, uh, to that server. So that's actually sounds like it would be quite useful. Um, just cause a lot of times, you, you know, maybe you need to uninstall a package and you, you can't install the rocks connector on that server. So you're, you're not going to be able to do that. Right. So, you know, you, you lead into a, another great topic. So one of the features that I, that's near and dear to my heart about the module uh, we introduced um, a remoting module. Now, it's not remoting in the sense of, you know, the Windows PowerShell native remoting where you connect directly to a server. But what we've done is we've, we've deployed these web services with the module, which much of it is disabled by default. And our user guide tells you how to enable them. But let's say that you're in a situation where you need to deploy a package 
whether it be you want to upload it to the server, generate the anti-package, install the new package, and then install the anti-package. You can do all of that remotely. And, uh, and in fact, you can do that from the you know, standard Windows PowerShell console. And, and if you go to the workshop or you read the, read the user guide, you'll see what I'm talking about. But it, there's just a few steps. And whether you're running a script while logged into the browser or you're running it from your desktop separate from that instance, uh, you can do a ton of cool activities. You could you could provision tons of users and never actually log in through the browser. Um, I mean, it's just some fantastic stuff um, that PowerShell makes possible. Um, and and the, the module just takes it even further by using the API of Sitecore. Yeah, definitely. I've used it kind of in an administrator situation, just as you mentioned, where there was a lot of, um, you know, there, we had a a process where users are getting imported from an external system so they could gain access to certain parts of the site and being able to update them uh, on an automated basis um, was just incredibly, incredibly useful. Um, and I think that's, that's, I think the, the scenario that I, I a lot of people kind of come to PowerShell extensions with um, that like, oh, you know what? Marketing decided they're going to rename the name of this program and we've got to go find every single instance of this term in our content and then change it because, you know, now it's got an E on the end of it yeah. or something. Uh, and that sort of automation is actually really, um, that that's really straightforward in PowerShell of just writing a, you know, writing a script that will walk down the tree, look at, you know, any field that's text and update, uh, and update that. So that's kind of the easy one. But I think like, as you mentioned, some of the built in scripts that are there, are, are great examples of stuff beyond the just kind of everyday admin automation uh, of actually adding functionality, adding authoring functionality to the back end um, for for not only you know developers but you know people that might be using the the, the platform as well. Um, whether it's it's you know Sitecore doesn't have a, a built-in reporting system. Long time ago, there was advanced system reports. Uh, and that module, um, you know, serves serve some purpose, but this is, you know, just straight out of the box. You have reporting. Right. And, and actually, uh, now that you mentioned that, uh, the ASR, so I did my best to um, take many of those valuable reports that were, you know, relatively easy to incorporate into the SPE. And we bundled that now with the module. Uh, so some nice. of those reports that you that you enjoyed using in ASR, well, you can just go into the SPE and find the same report. Um, and it's it's just pre-written, but given that it's scripted, if there was some sort of problem with it or it, it didn't meet your requirement, you could duplicate the report and then tweak it to do whatever you wanted to do. Um, and so we've integrated um, in, in many of the integration points that are within Sitecore, like the ribbon, the context menu, the insert options, um, somewhere in the shortcut menu, like, uh, like where you go find the log viewer. Well, we've, we've inserted things into the different parts of the, of the interface and, and made it easy for you to add your own things there. So you can add your own report and it show up in the same tree as all the other PowerShell reports, or we've got something called, um, a toolbox and this anti uh, anti package generator or the rules based report those 
just show up in the the desktop menu uh, and, and you navigate to it. Uh, the same with like the ribbon, you know, in probably five minutes you could have a, uh, a ribbon button appear uh, in the content editor and show you uh, a message box, an input box or something like that. So a lot of this stuff, it just, it, it turns these, uh, these common tasks that you would do for a client into something that's so trivial that you're now doing that kind of real quickly, maybe even passing it off to the junior developer. So you could go work on the more complex integrations like with, with a SharePoint or a CRM kind of, kind of activity. Sure. And I would definitely echo that. I mean, it, extending the, the authoring interface, whether you're using old sheer UI technology or even using speak is, you know, it, it is a significant amount of development for, for, you know, a team or a developer to, to take on if, if they want to customize, um, customize the authoring experience for, for users of Sitecore. And I, you know, I have seen firsthand some, some pretty amazing, you know, interfaces integrated directly into Sitecore, uh, directly into the Sitecore desktop that leverage Sitecore PowerShell extensions. They're written completely in PowerShell, um, but they allow the, you know, it was it was a lot faster to develop that and deploy it and debug it than it was to write all the custom code, write a, a custom, you know, XML control that gets, you know, brought up through, you know, sheer UI or, or, or developing a speak interface. Um, and then now you have rich functionality in the back end that authors can take advantage of. Right. And, you know, when you think about the total cost of ownership of Sitecore, and, um, you know, maybe you as a developer for an agency, you know, you really want to uh, to keep the business going. And if you're able to deliver this functionality potentially with zero downtime because with the module you can you're you're actually just publishing the content the scripts are being published or migrated from environment to environment and you're not having to put more and new files on the server uh, it's just whatever the module comes with you do it once and you move on um, then you just you could be focusing on a lot of uh, valuable things that the company needs you to be working on you know I, I, I kind of feel like just my role in my company as an application architect um, it's my job to figure out newer and better ways to build something and and what's a faster way and how can I duplicate what I do and if you can, boil down the difficult tasks into a few steps and, and provide examples of how to duplicate that, then you can work on something that, that really excites you. You know, you can get somebody else, maybe somebody that's new to the module or new to Sitecore, get them to learn that activity. While it's valuable, you need to learn something new, right? Because that's where you bring value to the company is working on that new thing and the more complicated activities. And, um, and, and we bundle a lot of the examples. So I, I spoke a little bit about just prepackaged things that come with a module that you can use right away. But we have a number of examples that aren't in, really intended for production use, but it's like there's a getting started uh, set of scripts. And we give you kind of like an example of all the different UI components that you can build. Like uh, maybe you have a, a, a list of checkboxes or radio buttons, maybe a drop down. Uh, I think there's like a drop tree and a, a 
whatever the controls are, you know, all the field types that are in Sitecore. So we bundle an example script that give you all of those. And then you just pick and choose what you want uh, as you build out this new functionality. That's yeah, that's I, I, I guess I would echo that as well. You know, having come to the the, the module probably about the same same time frame as you, there was that was kind of one of the one of the issues was great, okay, I have all this power, how do I use it? And there was uh you know, for the longest time there was kind of a list of uh, a, a few blog posts out there that had scripts on how to do things. But the fact that all of that in a sample code, if you will, gets installed when you install the modules become incredibly helpful to get somebody up to speed. And I would definitely recommend, you know, if you're, if you're out there thinking about, uh, thinking about kicking the tires on, uh, on, on SPE and, and trying to, to get started with it, um, definitely check out a lot of the sample code because it, it's, it's a great way to learn how to, how to actually, you know, leverage a lot of the functionality that's there. Yeah. And, and just to, you know, piggyback onto that. So we've got the module, uh, we've got a couple versions. We've got the full installation and we've got a kind of minimal package, like just the, the DLL and the config files and, you know, just the things that you deploy to the server that doesn't require publishing. And we have a user guide that tells you how to use both. And, and it, the user guide covers everywhere from what are the prerequisites like Windows PowerShell 3 or, or later uh, all the way down to a troubleshooting guide. And we've got a list of like all the commands available with examples of each command individually. Uh, we've got how do you secure the module um, more so than it is already or how do you make it less secure, right? So if you want to use additional features, how you how you do that. And, and it really, it's it's like a seven, six or 700 page book uh, that that we've worked on over the last couple of years to to make that available to the community. Awesome, awesome. Well, we're coming up on time now. I wanted to give you, Mike, uh, a, a bit of a bit of time to let kind of the listeners know how to how can they get a hold of you and and um, like what what is that what is the best way to 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 reach out and potentially get support on SPE if they needed it? Yeah, so we've got a, a channel for the module for SPE on Slack. Uh, that would be a great place if you're already a member. If you're not, uh, you can uh, you can reach out to someone in the community or myself to add you to Slack. Um, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, that I, I kind of check re uh, frequently and I follow the Sitecore uh, hashtag uh, uh, just on a regular basis. And I think those are probably the two best places. Um, and, you know, other than that, find somebody that knows me and they'll get in touch with me. Great, great. Well, thanks for being on the show. Uh, and uh, thanks to you at home for listening. And we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Core Sampler. To see show notes from this and past episodes, please visit coresampler.fm. There you can also subscribe to this podcast to get new episodes as soon as they're released. If you liked what you heard today, please tell a friend and then go to iTunes to rate and comment on our show. Even if you're using a different app to listen to us, those ratings and reviews really do help others find us. Are you a professional working with Sitecore and interested in joining the show? Or would you like to leave some feedback directly? We want to hear from you. Drop us a line at info at coresampler.fm. That is all for this episode of Core Sampler. We'll see you next time.